Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. We didn't delete that one? No, we didn't delete that one. Not at all. Glad we kept that around. (laughs) Kevin Durant watched to the Suns. Yeah, apparently that's a thing again because... And we talked about this quite a bit on Friday, man, when the Kyrie stuff came up. And it was, okay, yeah, Kyrie, great. What about Kevin? Is Kevin available? Can Kevin be had? And, and then almost immediately in the aftermath of that reporting, it was reported by many that the Suns were far more interested in Kevin Durant, that they are prepared. In fact, the, the exact wording of the tweet, Gambo, from Chris Haynes, the Phoenix Suns are prepared to pursue Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant should he become available, league sources tell TNT. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at that. We shouldn't be surprised at the um, the fact that the Suns are going after Kevin Durant. We know that the Suns have been interested in Kevin Durant for a while. We know that the Suns went after Kevin Durant in the offseason, and they didn't get him. And if he becomes available again, well, the only thing you do is you shaved off. If you get him now or you get him in the summer, you've shaved off a whole lot of that contract. You know, a good portion of that first year is already paid for. So you take almost a full year off now. Whether they go from at the trade deadline or in the summer, that's the interesting thing. I think it'll be more. I think it's more likely they go after him in the summer than they do uh, at the trade deadline. Yeah, and the question just becomes one of whether he is going to be available or not. Now, Bobby Marks on the on the Bickley and Murata show today, not expecting Kevin Durant to demand a trade before the deadline. I'd be surprised in the next two or three days that Kevin Durant goes to the, the front office or ownership and asks to be out. Uh, asks to be traded like he did in, in late June. I think for Durant, it's probably, you know, A, he's not he's not on the court, um, you know, so he, you know, he's, he's not going to be on the court for probably at least another week here. I think for him, it's probably, all right, let's see what we do. I think it's a critical for what Brooklyn does next in the next three days. Yeah, what does Brooklyn, and we were just talking about this in the last segment, there are reports now that Brooklyn has basically until the end of the day to try to loop a third team into their Dallas trade for Kyrie Irving and one of the reports is that because they want to take Spencer Dinwiddie and flip him for Fred Van Vliet that to me screams we're trying to keep Kevin Durant happy we're trying to make sure Kevin Durant doesn't become the next to ask out and to want a trade because if he does that then they might have to they don't have to accommodate him but they might they they want to they, they want to make Kevin Durant feel happy. They want to make Kevin Durant feel the love, Gambo. And that's, man, every trade grade I've seen of Kyrie to Dallas, almost all of them say the same thing. How does KD feel about the deal? You know, Brooklyn wins if KD feels good about it and wants to stay. They lose if KD wants to leave. It's all about making Kevin Durant happy right now if you're Brooklyn. I would think that that's what they're trying to do right there if they're trying to get Van Vliet from Toronto. They're trying to find a really good, capable play. Now, you added Dinwiddie, and then you Got to, you got to pick back, um, uh, and you added uh, um, uh, Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith. Smith, yes. So if you're Kevin Durant, you get rid of Kyrie Irving, but you get Dorian Finney-Smith and you end up with Fred Van Vliet. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's pretty good because Van Vliet's a heck of a player. And Dorian Finney-Smith is a really good defensive player with length, can knock down some shots. You know, We saw him against the Suns. He was very good. So that might be enough to you know keep Kevin Durant to want to stay. We don't know. Kyrie brought KD in. 
Kyrie brought KD in. Kyrie, KD flirted with leaving last year. He asked for a trade. He met with the owner. Um, and he didn't get it. And they decided to run it back this year. And it was fragile. It was very fragile. And it was fragile mainly, mainly because of Kyrie. Because Kyrie just always seems to cause problems, you know, and miss games and be suspended and being told not to come back to the team. And then, so that's why the Nets are all like that. The headlines in the New York newspapers, it's headaches gone. Yeah. Like good, good, good riddance. Yeah, I, I, man, when all this stuff went down over the weekend, Kyrie getting traded to Dallas, and, and like I said, we even had a little conversation about this on Friday. Part of me almost wondered if something like this would play out. And what I mean by is, is I'm going to explain, that here comes Ishbia. He's going to take over the day before the deadline. He's expected to be announced on Wednesday. The trade deadline is on Thursday. Ishbia comes in and he wants to make a splash. I'm the new owner. I own the Phoenix Suns. I want to do something big, uh, bold. I want to announce my presence with authority. I, I want to. I want to show everybody that I mean business, and that's all fine and well. But on the other side of the coin, here's James saying, "Okay, that's great." Here's our assets. I feel like we need to hold on to them for Kevin Durant this summer. And if there's a push, if there's like a tug of war behind the scenes, I don't think it sound like a conflict, but, you know, like a conversation about, about I'm Matt Ishbia, I want to use our assets now to make a trade, or James Jones saying we need to hold on to our assets because we might need to be able to make another run at Kevin Durant in the offseason. I wonder... And I don't know. I wonder if those conversations are happening behind the scenes. You know, I wonder if that conversation is taking place behind the scenes. Got to be a reason that the Phoenix Suns have never been willing to include any of these draft picks in deals. It's got to be a reason that they've hold on to their full asset of deals, because you're you're because to get a superstar player to come in here, knowing that Chris is on his way out, whether that's after this year or after next year, you know Chris is on his way out, and then you've got Devin, you've got Mikhail, Cam, and Da. It's nice, but man, you want that one other star player, and you want to get that championship, and a guy like KD could probably deliver that to you. Listen for your name every day this week for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Text the word super to 62620 to register and then when you hear your name call in within the time frame and you could be headed to super bowl 57 plus you will win tickets to the following events the fan duel party the bud light music fest and the super bowl experience again text the word super to 62620 so if we're talking about how does Kevin Durant feel in regards to the Kyrie Irving trade? If you're the Suns, the Suns fan, maybe the question is, how does Chris Paul feel? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center and Meteor Row. There was a tweet from our own Kellen Olson, our Suns guru from ArizonaSports.com. And he's spot on, as he usually is in Gambo, given that you are are usually a breaker of news when it comes to all things Arizona sports, but with the Suns uh, in particular. Kellen Olsen tweeted out, when the, when the word broke, A, that Kyrie Irving got traded to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and draft picks, and that B, the Suns were one of the teams in talks with the Nets about Kyrie, and that specifically the Suns' offer was Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and a first-round pick for Kyrie. Kellen tweeted out, and I had the same thought in real time, it's rare for the Suns to have this type of thing get out. It's very rare for the Suns, for conversations about specific players and specific scenarios. Like, you remember, last year during the pursuit of Kevin Durant, nothing got out about that, right? Nothing. There were names that 
we discussed because we knew what names needed to be discussed in a Kevin Durant trade. But at no point during that Kevin Durant pursuit last summer did somebody report, hey, I heard the Suns offered Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton, and three future. No. It never happened. No, right? they did a great job of not making a real offer. Um, in discussing players, but not making an offer, saying, okay, here is our offer. So no team could ever say the Suns offered Cam Johnson. They offered Mikel Bridges because they didn't. Right. They didn't offer him. So the fact that Chris Paul's name got out there, right, like really out there, it was unusual. It was uncomfortable. It was a little odd. It was like, ooh, how's Chris going to take that? How's Chris? Now, first gamble, I'll admit, I was worried. I was like, I was up until probably ten o'clock this morning. I was really worried about how Chris Paul's association with a Kyrie Irving trade that didn't happen, how that was going to affect Chris, how what his mindset moving forward is he going to be a problem? Is it going to be different? Now, and I don't know if it's Chris's words. I don't know if it's Monty's words. I don't know if it's just like time where enough time has gone by. I'm like, you know what, Chris will be fine. I'm kind of in the point now. Where I think Chris will be fine. He'll be okay. He won't be bothered that his name was put in this. But I got to tell you, this time yesterday. I was worried. I thought, oh, man, Chris's name is this? I, I don't want Chris's name in this. He's, yeah. he's going to be bothered by this. But he also knows that this is, like, he's running out of opportunities to win a championship, man. He can't go sour or be upset about, like, it is what it is. Like, his his thing is, I've never won a championship. I'm going to go down as one of the greatest players that's never won a championship. I'm the first ballot, ballot Hall of Famer. I'm the point guard. I don't have a ring. And I, I mean, what am I going to do? Am I going to be upset and not play as hard as I can? No, we, I got to, I got to prove to the Suns that they want to bring me back next year because the Suns have not made a decision on Chris Paul for next year. Right? They could trade him. They could trade him. They could just walk away and and pay him fifteen million dollars and be done with him. Or they could bring him back for the full, you know, thirty million dollars, right around thirty million dollars. So they don't know. But if I'm Chris, I mean. I don't think you've got any choice but to just go out there and ball and try to win a championship. If your name was in a trade rumor, your name was in a trade rumor. Chris has been around this league long enough. He knows how it goes and how it works. They had a chance to get Kyrie Irving. They they explored it. Why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they have explored it? Now, again, it's probably unlikely that the Suns made an offer offer, but that they probably discussed names, and Chris's name came up. But without – because the Suns just don't do that. They don't work that way. So – they probably discuss unless they know the deal is going to get finalized. The team says, "Okay, we want to work with you. Let's get it done." Okay, now let's go over it. They do a very good job of protecting themselves and making sure that it's just you know names that they're talking about without making a full offer. And that's why that's the other question about this. And I know I'm kind of diving deep into the media thing here, and I, I don't want to do that too much. But if the Suns are very careful about protecting their players in moments like this, then I got to assume the leak came from the Nets. Why would the Nets leak this out? Why would why would the Nets why would the Nets because it, two people reported it Chris Haynes from Yahoo reported it Sham Sharania both reported a, a, a Chris Paul an offer from the Suns that involves Chris Paul if the Suns don't want these reports out there with their players names attached to it then by default you almost have to assume that it came from the Nets why well I mean like and that was one of the big questions yesterday I took a bunch of screenshots of people on Twitter John Hollinger noted NBA Insider right leaking another team's trade off is a good way to make sure they never engage with you again. Did the Nets leak the Chris Paul trade offer to discourage the Suns from ever wanting to do business with them again because of a potential Kevin Durant trade? There's a chance that that didn't happen, and I'll tell you why. Because there were other teams involved, 
then you know the Nets may have had to tell another team what another offer was. Like I got a better offer from the Suns. You're dealing with Dallas or the Clippers, okay, or the Lakers, and somebody may have said, you know, to the Nets, or the Nets may have had to say, I've got a better offer. And you, okay, well, what is their offer? I need to beat the offer. Well, their offer, you need to know, you know. Somebody says, I got, a, I got a better offer on my house. Well, what is it? Well, somebody offered me $750,000 for, for that. Okay, well, now I got to go to seven eighty. I got to go to eight hundred to get it. Okay. So I think that it's very possible that it's not the Nets, that it's one of the other teams that the Nets was, were in discussions with who needed to know, what do I got to do to beat the deal? So then let's jump off the deep end of the, cons- the conspiracy pool here. Let's say it was the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks, who know that if they leak that the Suns offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and a first-round pick to the Nets, that that at least has the chance of disrupting Phoenix Suns' chemistry because now they were trying to trade their all-everything point guard in Chris Paul. What better way to at least try to screw up the the Suns a little bit than leaking that out into the marketplace? Now, again, I, I'm not I'm suggest I'm not accusing because I don't know. We're just kind of talking about this out loud. I just know that the Suns are very very protective of their players in a moment like this, and I'm very surprised that Chris Paul specifically was mentioned. Now, anybody with half a brain in their head knew that if the Suns were going to make a play for Kyrie, Chris Paul had to be the guy you were giving up, right? I mean, that that's not even that much of a, hell, we were talking about it all day on Friday. Would you trade Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving? Yes. So it's not, like, it's not like this is some incredible leap of logic here to think that Chris would be involved in this, but now it, it has left the Suns in a position of at least some explaining, some damage control. they got to put the toothpaste back in the tube a little bit because they're all everything point guard Chris Paul has been mentioned in these trade rumors. Now, for their from their side of things, they're being real cool about it. Like Monty Williams, I'll read Chris Paul's quote first. Quote, it's a business, he said today. I've seen crazier. The way I found out I was traded from Houston, for example. You just show up to work and be a pro day in and day out. Nobody's exempt from being traded. You find out just like everybody else. Okay, it's professional. That's right. what you do. You got, a, you got a game to play tomorrow. Okay. You got a game to play tomorrow. You go play. Devin Booker's coming back. Like I, you got a chance to win a championship. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Right. You know, Chris Paul wins the championship in Phoenix. So what that they discuss trading him? You know, at some point, most players in this league get discussed. Okay, there's only a few players in the whole league that have never been discussed. Right. At some point, most players get discussed in possible trades. Fair. So to sit there and say, okay, what are you? What you're you're exempt from that? Yeah. You're, you're a 38 year old point guard. You're exempt from being talked about. A younger player, I might have worried about it. I might have worried about it from a Cam Johnson standpoint or even a Mikel Bridges standpoint. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought it's Chris. He'll be fine. Here's Ramona Shelburne on NBA Today talking about exactly the same. Chris Paul's name has been out there as somebody who was potentially discussed. The level of discussion is is still kind of up for debate of how serious that was. But Chris Paul's the kind of guy where if if he was going to be traded, he's been traded a couple times in his career. It would have gotten to him, and he would it would have been discussed with him. My understanding is it never got to that level where he was involved in those discussions, and so. Is there is there anything they need to discuss with him now? Do you need to patch up some feelings? My understanding is right now he's he's fine. But the reason his name comes up is because his contract is not fully guaranteed yeah. going forward. The reason his name is going to keep coming up 
is because his contract is only partially guaranteed next year and not guaranteed the year after that. And the Suns need to make a decision about Chris Paul and whether he is a part of their short-term future after this season. That's the reason why his name's going to keep coming up. Well, if they trade him, if they do trade him, then somebody's going to, they're trading for him to keep him. They're trading for him to pay him the $30 million next year. So whether it was half guaranteed or fully guaranteed, if a team's looking to trade for him, they don't care about that. Their, their interest is in having Chris Paul help them out. You know, maybe the Nets would have looked at it like, okay, I get rid of Kyrie. If I, if I get rid of Kyrie and I bring in Chris Paul, that satisfies Kevin Durant. He's playing with another superstar player, Hall of Fame, who's still very, very good when he's on his game. Yeah. So that might have appeased him. But if you if they could turn this around and get the and get Van Vliet, that might look at Durant. Durant may look at, at Van Vliet and say, I'm fine staying through my contract if I got Van Vliet. Well, he knows Chris is just a, a short-term fix. Yeah. Texas, your thoughts on Chris Paul and the Suns? They're not back at it until tomorrow when they take on the Brooklyn Nets. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Okay, we know who the finalists for the Cardinals head coaching job are. We know the internal candidate is out of the running and yet still might be around. We'll explain next on Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search update. 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 Well, it would appear that if you voted in our poll question a week ago, what's going to happen first, the Jay Crowder trade or the Cardinals hiring a head coach? If you chose Jay Crowder, chances are you're going to be the winner. Oh, man. Chances are you're going to be the winner. You're going to be the winner. As unlikely as that ah. seems. We don't know anything for sure about a Jay Crowder trade, but one thing we do know for sure about the Cardinals coaching search, they're doing their second round of interviews this week, the last of which is on Friday. Presumably, that's the day after the trade deadline in the NBA. So I'm going to assume that if Jay Crowder's getting moved, we're going to know about it before we know who the next Cardinals head I coach think you're right. is. I think you're right. <laughs> Jay Crowder wins the bet, everybody. Yeah. I, I'm expecting that we... We will know who the next head Cardinals head coach is on Tuesday. Uh, I don't think there'll be any announcement this week. I think they'll finalize the interviews this week, and then I think they'll make their decision. And I think they'll they'll get through the Super Bowl on Sunday, and then and then by Tuesday there should be a, either a, an announcement or a press conference that's scheduled to announce the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So I think one week from tomorrow is the likely day that that we know for sure. Eric just handed me his phone with the poll question on it. What happened? Happens first. Fifty-one percent of our audience said Cardinals hire a head coach. Forty-nine percent said Jay Crowder gets traded. So it ran very, very close. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was almost. It was almost exactly a fifty-fifty poll when we ran that thing a week ago. It would appear that Jay is going to win it. Now, if you didn't hear the news um, from over the weekend, well, first of all, Michael Bidwell had a press conference here at the Super Bowl. We're at the media row, and he declined to speak about the ongoing coaching search. He preferred to keep questions just about the. Super Super Bowl. So Michael, given a chance to comment on it, would not comment on the search today. Uh, by now, I would imagine everybody knows who the three candidates are that it's been narrowed down to. Brian Flores, Steelers special assistant uh, on the defense. Mike Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator. Lou Anarumo, the Bengals defensive coordinator. Flores will have a second interview on Wednesday. Kafka will have a second interview tomorrow. Anarumo will have a second interview on Friday. And presumably after that, okay. they'll make a decision. So then that's it. 
That's it. There's no more interviews unless you decide you don't like any of them and you want to, you know, reach out to Eric Bieniemy or somebody or, so, or Shane Steichen. But you Shane can't Steichen. speak to him until after the no, game. You know, no, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. He he had an interview over the weekend. Now, one name I didn't mention, and somebody who's been told he's out of the running is Vance Joseph. Yes. So if Cardinal fans were hoping that there wouldn't be somebody on staff promoted and given a job, that's what's going to happen. It's it's going to be a brand new head coach. Will Vance still have a spot on his coaching staff? That's the question now. I think if it's Kopka, there's a chance. I don't think if, if the other if Brian Flores gets the job, it's probably unlikely that Vance would be the DC or if Lou Anarumo gets the job because they're both defensive guys. So they would probably hire somebody that they've worked with that knows their system, their style compared to Vance. If it's Mike Kopka, who's thirty five years old and he's an offensive guy. You might be able to say, well, you know, this we have a defensive coordinator we really like. He did a good job. And he's still under contract. And then where you, you retain Vance Joseph. Look, there's got to be a reason Vance hasn't been let, let out of his contract, that he hasn't been let go. And that could be for the simple fact that, okay, you're not going to be the head coach, but we haven't ruled out the possibility that you could be a defensive coordinator depending on the hire we make. Yeah, and that was some of the reporting that was done over the weekend is that Vance Joseph hasn't been let out of his contract, that Vance Joseph hasn't been released from his deal. Uh, Jeremy Fowler tweeted out, Arizona D.C. Vance Joseph is among the candidates informed, and as of now, the team has not let him out of his contract to pursue other coordinator opportunities. Michael Silver, who I just saw roaming around here about an hour ago, tweeted out over the weekend that Vance Joseph has been informed he's out of the running for the head coaching job, but he's under contract and is thus unable to pursue D.C. jobs elsewhere. He's reporting that San Francisco might have some interest in him being their D.C. Um, and then he goes on to talk about how it's an un, it's not an ideal situation for Vance and all of this. And I, I, I don't know how to feel about Vance. I, I, if Vance wants the freedom to be able to go pursue other jobs, I feel like Vance should be able to have that freedom. You know, like it, it it's what the Broncos just did with the zero of zero. You know, hey, you know, we're going to release you from your contract. You're free. Go talk to the Panthers. Go talk to the. Then you've got to pay him. And you've got to pay him. He's under contract, right? Look, somebody, I don't know what Vance is paying, but didn't I just see Banjo's going to get like $4.5 million yes. to be the defensive coordinator? That's the highest paid coordinator in the NFL. Okay, I don't know what Vance is being paid, but you know, you, you, you know, you're already paying Steve to be gone, likely. You're paying Cliff about $7.5 million a year to be gone for four years. If you let Vance go and he goes and takes another job, then you've got to pay him and you've got to pay his staff because you're going to let his staff go too. And then you're going to have to hire a new staff. Now, you know, that could be a factor in why you don't let Vans go is that you think you're actually – that there is a chance you're going to keep him. And if you did, you wouldn't have to pay him. Because if you let him go and he takes another – you know, he takes another job, there might be some offsetting language in the contract. But, I mean, you might get to the point where you have to pay him and you've got to pay his staff to be gone. And you might be looking at a possibility where, hey, if we hired Mike Kafka – there's a chance he might be able to keep Vance Joseph as, as the defensive player. Arizona yeah. Sports. Yep. Breaking news. Thank you, Mitch. I was just about to call for it. It's down to two head coaching candidates for the Arizona Cardinals. Ho-ho! Brian Flores is accepting the Vikings defensive coordinator's job, according to Adam Schefter. Okay. So <laughs> the only way he does that is, I, I would think, is if he... I don't know, but they said he's a finalist. He's, he was supposed to be getting a second interview on Wednesday. Why? Why? 
uh, did he think he wasn't going to get it? Did he, did he think that he didn't need he, to do a second interview? That he didn't need to do a second interview? Did he think that it was that that he wasn't? Has he heard through the grapevine? That the Cardinals are leaning Kafka or Lou Anarumo, and he's like, "I'm not going to get that job anyway. I need to take a defensive coordinator job while I still can." Why would you? Why would you walk away from the ability to be a head coach? Unless you didn't think you were going to get the job, or were told you weren't going to get the job. But then, why would you be told you're not going to get the job if you're scheduled for a second interview on Wednesday? So odd, right? This I, I is mean, just so odd. like, like what? Obviously, you've got a chance to get it if you're getting a second interview. You've got that second interview scheduled for Wednesday. How could you be told that you're not going to get the job if you've got a second interview on the books? Unless your agent is telling you, hey, look, I'm just telling you right now, man, you're not getting that, you're not getting that gig. You're not getting that gig. I've heard that it's going to be this guy. I've heard that it's going to be that guy. I've heard, like we were talking earlier, does Michael have a lean? Is Michael leaning towards, did that lean get out? You know, was that lean revealed somehow in the kind of back-channel community where word got around, like, hey, I'm just telling you right now, you're not getting that gig. That seems extremely odd that you would accept a defensive coordinator's position while you still have a head coaching job out, uh, interview outstanding and waiting for you. Very I'm gonna, odd. I'm going to try to find out because this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, again, what I was told Friday was that they – Michael really, really liked Mike Kafka. We said this Friday, and Eric did a good job of turning around that sound. I wasn't reporting that he was going to be the next head coach, but what I was saying is that what I was hearing was that he really killed the interview. He did. A, he had a great interview. They were really impressed by him. They really liked him, and I put him as my lead candidate. I put Kafka on Friday as my lead candidate based on the information that I was told from somebody that's very, very close to the situation. Yeah. Well, now it's down to two. Neither one of them have head coaching experience. No. So the Arizona Cardinals will hire a head coach that will be a first-time head coach again. Okay, more on this in a moment, but it is time for us to do the thing right now here. On- Arizona Sports All Access, presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. It is time for our Arizona Sports All Access qualifier. Jeanette Landis from Surprise. Jeanette Landis. You have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. This is just as one of the qualifiers. You don't win the tickets, you'll qualify to win the tickets. If Jeanette Landis doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we'll open up the phone line to somebody else. Now, if you didn't hear your name, you can still qualify for this, and we'll be doing it all week by texting the word SUPER to 62620 and listen for your name tomorrow during Bickley and Murata. Once again, Jeanette Landis from Surprise. You have 10 minutes. You're on the clock. 602-260-9870. And if after 10 minutes we haven't heard from Jeanette, then we'll open them up. But not a second before then. We're waiting on Jeanette to see whether we okay. can her. Let's go, Jeanette. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, we'll continue to react to this news that has fallen in our laps. It's not going to be Brian Flores. He's taking a defensive coordinator's job. We'll continue to try to get to the bottom of this one next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns 
and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Yeah, our Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. As we are down here celebrating Super Bowl 57 coming up six days from right now at State Farm Stadium. We've already bumped into a lot of uh, old friends from other markets down here. We're looking forward to this place. will really be hopping by the end of the week. Uh, we are still, by the way, waiting on our presumed qualifier for our Arizona Sports All Access and tickets to the Super Bowl, Jeanette Landis from Surprise. We have not heard from Jeanette yet. She still has a few minutes left during her exclusive window. Jeanette, please give us a call so you can qualify for these Super Bowl tickets, 602-260-9870. But Jeanette and only Jeanette should be calling right now. Jeanette Landis from Surprise, 602-260-9870. If we don't hear from her in the next few minutes, then we'll open it up. Gambo, um, I knew it was going to be a day like today, just busy, a lot of stuff going on between Kyrie and the Suns and Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, and now we've got this coaching thing for the Arizona Cardinals. Breaking news at the end of our last segment, in case you just missed it, you're just tuning in. It is not going to be Brian Flores. He will not be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He's accepted the defensive coordinator's job with the Minnesota Vikings, despite the fact that, according to reports, he had a scheduled second interview with the Cardinals for their head coaching position on Wednesday afternoon. Interesting that that he would cancel unless he knew that he wasn't going to get the job. So this means that the only head coach on the list of three with experience as a head coach is not going to get it, which would mean it would be a first-time coach. Yes. If it is either Lou Anarumo or Mike Kafka, it'll be a first-time coach. Also, no minority hiring for Michael Bidwell this time around. So no minority hiring. There were many minorities interviewed, but we're not going to see one get the job unless they expand the search even further over these two guys. But the two names remaining, Lou Anarumo, defensive guy, older. Mike Kafka, offensive guy, younger, 35 years old. Now it really comes down to, you know, which guy is a leader of men? Which guy do you feel more? Is it an offense or defensive thing? They've been in. We've re, we thought for a while we're very likely going to be a defensive guy. Yeah. And it may end up being an offensive guy. No, and, and like you've been saying, you had mentioned on Friday how Mike Kafka really impressed them. And his name, you know, was, along with Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator of the Bengals, he got ruled out. But those were three, like, late additions to this party. It was Lou Anarumo, uh, Brian Callahan, and Mike Kafka last week. And Kafka must have said something that they really liked. He and Anarumo both, because they were both yeah. kind of late additions to the party. As far as the floor as things go, it, it I mean, obviously, he was the guy I liked. He was the guy I wanted almost from the start outside of Sean Payton. I liked kind of his tough, no-nonsense approach, and I thought that experience being a head coach would allow him to do it better the next time around. So I'm disappointed, but I'm I'm just super intrigued as to what happened because I, I, I thought, honestly, Gambo, I thought when he got that second interview, I thought it's going to be him. He's going to get the gig. The, the connection with Monty Austin for it, the fact that he's been a head coach in the past, um, the fact that he seems to represent the exact opposite of what Cliff Kingsbury was. I thought the second interview was kind of opening up the door for Flores to get the job. So now that we know he's not, I'm just I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he wouldn't at least wait and have the second interview with the Cardinals before accepting a D.C. job somewhere else. And you said it. He must have heard through the grapevine he wasn't going to get the job. And he wanted to jump on one of these D.C. gigs before they went away. That's all I can figure. 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't understand why a guy would walk away from being a head coach, you know, to take a, a D.C. job. Unless he, listen, there could be several reasons. Could not like this cycle of the jobs that are available and figures there's going to be a better job available next year and that he'll be one of the top candidates again and may feel like there's, there's going to be better opportunities for me, that this isn't, the, that the Cardinals' opportunity is not one I really, you know, maybe he really didn't want the Cardinals. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. But maybe there's a chance that he looked at the situation here and said, you know what, this isn't a great, it's not a great, I'm going to wait for, I'm going to wait for the right job. This isn't the right job for me. It's, you know, I thought about that. Okay, it's possible, but then why, why have a second interview with them? You know, like if you're... Well, he just basically canceled the second interview. I mean, I guess then. he did. He basically he, just he, he he in essence just canceled interview. it. Yeah. Well, I just, why schedule it if you look at that job and went, yeah, that one's not for me. Then when they call the, ask for a second interview, say, yeah, no, thanks, I'm good. I'll take a pass on it because that job's just not for me. But to accept the second offer kind of indicates a willingness that you want to be the head coach of the Cardinals. I, I don't know. It's, it's all very, I did not expect this twist to the soap opera today. I really didn't. But now, yes, to your point. So now it comes down to two inexperienced guys, two first-time guys, uh, one on offense, one on defense. I don't care about the offense-defense thing. I, I, I don't think you do either. Like I don't, I'm not sitting here saying it's got to be a defensive guy or it's got to be an offensive guy. I, it's it's got to be the right guy. It's got to be somebody who's going to come in and command respect. I don't care whether he's offensive or defensive-minded. It doesn't matter to me. I don't, I don't think it matters to me either. I, I lean defense. Because I think if you could build a great defense, you could win in this league. So I, I lean defense. So I would lean towards Lou Adarumo right now over Mike Kafka. But Mike Kafka does. His track record's good. Yes. Kansas City with Andy Reid, what he did with the Giants and Daniel Jones this year and how good that offense was. Uh, I do think that Michael likes the offensive guy. And again, I mean, I put Kafka on Friday as my front runner for the job based on information that I got from somebody close to the situation. Yeah, and I just put him at, 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 on my list. And at that, then the next day on Saturday, a story came out that he was going to get a second interview. And then today was like, okay, it's down to three. Well, one guy just eliminated himself from the job. I can't imagine that they told him that he was out of it. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine they would either. Not after you've not after you've already said I've got three guys that we're going to look at. And we're going to do second interviews with. Why wouldn't you want to do the second interview with them? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to at least have another conversation with and them? Flo- but Flores is also close to Monty. Yes. So you, you might have said, "Listen, I mean, tell me, give me the odds here. Like, am I going to get this job or not?" And he said, "You know, you're, you know, you're not the lead candidate." Okay, I want to know that because I don't want to pass up on an opportunity. So if Monty and Flores are close. You might be able to go to Monty and say, "Look, give it to me. Like, where where am I? Well, you're 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 not the lead candidate for the job. Yeah. So we like you, but there are other guys that we kind of like better right now. But then maybe you take the DC job. Fascinating. So now it's down. It is crazy. Uh, Congratulations to Jeanette. She called. Jeanette called in. Huh? Thirty seconds to spare. Jeanette called in. Yeah. Way to go, Jeanette. So she is a qualifier now for our big. Super Bowl package, which is going to be very, very exciting. She is a qualifier where she gets a chance to win Super Bowl tickets. She also can qualify for all sorts of other fun stuff surrounding the Super Bowl as well. So congratulations to her. You can still qualify by texting the word yes. SUPER to 620. And anybody that qualifies, you get two tickets. You have to take Bernsey. 
Uh, that is required. That's part of it. You got to take them. You hear that, Jeanette? Yeah. If you win, you have to yes. take me, Jeanette and Bernsey at the Super Bowl. Congratulations, Jeanette. I'm I'm your I'm your Super Bowl companion. Yes. It's required yes. of you. When we come back, the top stories of the day are next, including new developments in both the Kyrie Irving trade and the Cardinals' search for their next head coach. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.